0: Hello and welcome back to the Officially Unofficial Film Podcast with George, James and Ben. How are we all doing? Hello. hello. So, this week, kind of two things to introduce. First of all, this is going to be the most upbeat podcast we've ever done in our lives. Um, I'm completely joking about that because I'm trying to break the ice and I'm terrible in tense situations. But we are reviewing the uh, acclaimed film uh, Schindler's List.
1: Masterpiece. Absolute
0: masterpiece. Yeah, Schindler's List, directed by Steven Spielberg and starring Ralph Fiennes, Ben Kingsley and Liam Neeson. But on top of that, we also have a guest on this podcast. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Becca. Becca is a very good friend of ours and she's way more with it when it comes to social injustices and shit like that and psychology basically this was the shittest intro ever all of
2: our
1: intros are shit george
2: i thought you were True. gonna forget about becca for a second I no was like... i
1: thought i'd introduce <laughs> the film first and then
2: i'll be
0: like by the way surprise guest um we're not only talking about the film itself we're going to be talking about the themes of the films because they're still very pertinent today as this is coming out about a week and a half nearly two weeks after the capital the storming of the capital building in the u.s am i wrong because I'm going to try and put this out Tuesday.
1: About well, two that's... weeks. It's about yeah. two
0: weeks. I think it's two weeks the day after. Don't that... want to
2: timestamp this. Just say somewhat
0: recent. <laughs> somewhat recently. It was two weeks ago, basically. Shinra's List. Boys and girls. Damn, it's depressing.
1: There's... I don't know. There's a little bit of hope scattered throughout it. There is. Um... And it it does a very good job of having... I guess more, like, they really push Schindler's ego and that kind of bubbly aspect of him that I think at least in terms of the film's context, is is it definitely holds a more, I don't know I don't want to say upbeat because the film is not upbeat, but when you're following him it, it helps cushion the blow, I guess Yeah um,
0: It's it's kind of difficult because right at the beginning of the film, and bearing in mind, Ben, I think you said you'd watched this before, but in like a history lesson back at school.
1: Yeah, I was I was very lucky in that regard that the head of the history department was my teacher, and even though in our mm. school this sort of um, like doing movies in class was frowned upon, which is dumb because if you've finished your curriculum like we had. And you only then want to enrich the kind of context of what we were studying. So obviously we're doing like dictators and you know like European politics at that period. This is this is like a must see. Like, yeah,
0: I think that's 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 fairly a brutal way of putting it, James. James and Becker, have you seen this before or not? Because I can't remember. I know we discussed it earlier in the week or the week
3: previous, but. I I've never it... actually seen the film. Well, actually, no, it's a lie. I, I think I saw clips of it when I was again, like like Ben, I was in school. Um, but I never watched the whole thing from start to finish.
0: Fair, James.
2: S- same. I don't. I'm pretty sure I've watched the film before, but I, it's just been such a long time out. My blank down my memory.
0: So I'm definitely the only one who's not seen it before. I watched it this this week last week. Um, the one thing I took from it right at the start. And throughout it was, like you said, Ben Schindler's ego. But he had to like he did it so beautifully to blend in. Like right at the beginning, I wasn't wasn't even sure if he was. Like obviously, we we know he's the protagonist by the end of the film and what he does by saving those one thousand two hundred Jewish people and other people in the concentration camps is fucking incredible. Yeah, but um, for the first hour, you're really not sure because he's like. He's really taking advantage of the situation, it seems, rather than doing it to help people. Well, I think, I think it's it...
2: more of a character transformation. Just sort of like yeah. he starts off as this charismatic dude and then goes into a very heavy subject and is like, turns into a blubbering mess at the end, going like, "I could
1: save more people if I tried." But I think I said, the film the film touches on that because, like, one of one of yeah. the things he says midway through is like. When he's saying to his wife he's like i've done loads of successful businesses but they always missed something so i i honestly just 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 from looking at the film it's to me i'm unsure whether he went in with the intent to save people but when the intent was made clear early on like oh i can i can give these people worth and actually prevent them from dying essentially potentially i think at that point it transferred from a business purely a business standpoint to you know what he became at the end if that makes sense
0: yes i
2: think well, he turns from sort of like making them actually produce stuff to them faking producing stuff so the war effort wasn't helped
0: well, I have to admit, that line of if one bullet comes out of here that is fired by a Nazi gun, I will be severely angry is one yeah. of my favourite lines in just anything ever. I, I, I actually think that is a genuine line that was said by him, though, because I recall that from something else, and obviously I've never seen the film before. Mm. So I am I swear that's like an actual documented thing that he said towards the end of the war. And it wouldn't surprise what, me, because before? obviously... Find We're the gone. source,
1: George. Find that Szechuan source. I,
0: oh, shut up. I'm not finding a source. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's probably been passed through the. Uh...
2: Well, it is a popular movie, so you just might have heard of reference quite, the reference Quite movie.
0: Quite possibly. I mean, let's face it, it, it wouldn't be surprising if he did actually say that in. But
1: it was. Well, it, is, or...
3: it
1: is, I believe, based on some truth. Like. Well, or, duh. Or tr- no, but I mean, in the sense <laughs> like, they, they intended some of the manufacturing faults, you know. I I don't know how accurate the film is in that source material, but I assume probably pretty accurate considering what they were playing with.
0: Yeah. um, I think one of the most shocking things about the film as well, because this was... So this ended up being released in 93, which meant it was probably made in 92 slash 93. Yeah. And then, so... I know I'm kind of jumping to the end of the film, but when they say... Only four thousand Jews then remained in Poland or were in Poland um, mm. in ninety three. Yeah. And there were six thousand uh six thousand uh people well, six thousand of quote Schindler's Jews because of the generations that had passed since then. Yeah. I've just I've just double checked it online and now um the estimated population of uh Jews in Poland is anywhere between 10 and 20,000 and even then that's ridiculously low. Mm. That's nuts. Sorry, I know I'm jumping there because I'm probably going to be jumping back and forth because this is this is something that kind of can't really be run through, I guess.
1: Yeah. Well, some figures put it at like 90% of the Jewish populace of Poland was killed.
0: I mean, I would be surprised if it was that that low. I would put it at like probably more than 90%. Uh, judging by how many were affected and effectively murdered and moved and vacated, yeah. etc. So, um, in, t- in 2012, it's now estimated that there's around 8,500 des- uh, descendants of Schindler's Jews living across idea. the US, Europe, and Israel as well.
1: That is incredible.
0: Which I think is absolutely nuts and is amazing. Um... I think he was still in contact with a lot of the... He he tried to stay in contact with a lot of the Jews he saved as well. Because there is a picture um, that was taken in 46, so it would have been while he was probably on the run, um, before they... um, Extradited is the wrong word, but before they cleared him. Um, And it's a picture taken of him uh, with um, a group of uh, Jewish people he actually rescued during the Holocaust. Wow. Um, which is amazing. Um, so, oh, man, you know what? If you, I'm just gonna say this, if you haven't seen Schindler's List, just watch, just sit down, and watch all of Schindler's List. You'll end <laughs> up being cha- you'll be a changed person by the end of it. It's proper fucked up.
1: It's an incredible movie. And like <laughs> what stood out to me was like how slow it is in a good way. They let you breathe in the film they don't hold back i mean even though it's like three
0: hours long you kind of don't feel it if that makes sense because it is such such a harrowing topic you've got to give it time to breathe and and move like you say ben but because even with the three hour time limit you don't feel like you don't feel like it drags at any point you feel like even those slow moments are important like uh one of one of the most prominent ones is when um Schindler's down in the basement during Amon uh party, and he's trying oh, to. Oh, I was um... going to say that.
1: Like, yeah. Not this kind of. It's not that kind of kiss.
0: Yeah, the that servant. moment and like oh. that entire moment with the servant, like it's very slow. There's no, there's like no music. You can just hear the party happening, like in a distance upstairs, mm. and it's kind of set in like, like she at that moment is so vulnerable. And like him and anyone else could take advantage if they wanted to, but he completely shows unadulterated compassion.
1: I mean, considering is it was it Eamon uh, the
0: yeah I mean, Eamon guess, Gert.
1: yeah the it was, is I'm pretty he sure SS? that's how you pronounce it.
0: Um, yes. oh, I don't know. I'm gonna assume um, he's
1: first because he I'm pretty sure the skull in his cap, the name.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty yeah, her sure he's. I'm I'm pretty sure it is. Cause he is because I think he has an SS badge on his collar as well.
1: Yeah. surprise me Um, but yeah it's like complete contrasts of the two men and what they do in their respective situations Mm. yeah it's it's,
0: yeah especially with what it can't be an hour later where like he's in that exact same predicament but no one else is around instead it's just quiet and he's just he just brutalizes her to put it bluntly
1: even if anyone else was around i i think the situation would have been worse because obviously you can tell he actually really cares about her and he's he's almost like tormenting himself and trying to find justification for how not to feel the way he does about her because he so, is a human being
0: i'm so glad that schindler pulled her out of that basement as well yeah like, he managed he managed to like quote unquote trade her um, Yeah, and that's that that as well is one of the most sobering things in this entire film is that they literally it, it, if you you can almost say it at a base level, like between the pair of them, they're essentially trafficking people. Yeah, which is horrible. And he and by like especially because you don't realise when it's all that all that money that Schindler is giving to Eamon Gertz um, to transfer all of the Jews that Eamon Gertz has withheld to Schindler's factory. But especially at the end, where he's like looking at the car and he's like. That right there is ten people, and this gold badge is at least one person, if oh, not two. I broke. And just like oh, that's fucked up.
1: But um, he had to. He had to use that. He had to appeal man. to what, to how they thought in that situation. Yeah. To it's 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 abhorrent the way they did think about people in this way, but. That's, that's the success of Schindler, is he understood that and he manipulated that and he used that and he participated in that for a better end result for these people. Yeah.
0: I, I genuinely like, even after watching the film and after doing what Oscar Schindler did, I really don't think Oscar Schindler is celebrated enough, you know, especially in our culture. Yeah. Because um, you're like, oh, yeah, you know about Schindler's List. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's a great film. I guarantee you, most of the people who've actually like, um, who haven't seen the film but maybe have heard of it, I guarantee you, there's a there's a good margin of people who are like, oh yeah, that's a great story, and I'm like, it actually happened. Yeah, there must be a margin, Mm -hmm. especially nowadays, because what is, it's twenty seven now, twenty eight years on when that film was released. It's, I'm trying to do quick maths in my head, and it's not going well. It's about seventy five years on from the end of the uh from the end of the second world war and you kind of think to yourself like it's when stories become legends and legends become myths like it's almost Mm. you could almost perceive it like it it ends up becoming that you know i really hope it doesn't well hella hope it doesn't there
1: there are people claiming that it didn't happen
0: oh let's not yeah
3: but i think that's the, the the um the main, especially in like things like history lessons, as Ben's pointed out, he watched, uh, you know, Shindalist's history and I watched some clips as well. I think it's very, very important that, and as well, well, we'll touch upon this later, I guess, when we talk about the the, the camps in China and I'll probably mention other sort of huma- humanitarian crises, I guess you could call them, that, have, that have, have occurred because I think the main thing that happened once, you know, once the Holocaust was kind of publicised and people knew about it was, Again, you had the human rights, like you know, organisation set up and everything, and people said, you know, this something like this should never, ever, ever happen again. And I think the issues, what, what's and well, in terms of schools and stuff, they it's very, very important to keep that going and to keep reminding yeah. people this is what happened and this is how people are treated. And it's exactly the same with slavery. There's been a quote before about slavery, saying again, you know, slavery in America, sort of tangent, but it's just related. It's just because someone said before, you know, people said the Holocaust was the worst humanitarian crisis in history actually it was the worst one that was ever filmed and i think that's especially with what's going on you know now and you know in the last few years in other countries in terms of what's happened these things aren't filmed and the holocaust was, and people have evidence of that and the fact that it's on document how bad these things were and what actually happened to people and what people had to go through and the fact that, you know, again, as I know you've mentioned, you get Holocaust deniers who deny that the whole thing even happened, but it's it's the idea that we were told, you know, this would never happen again, and we need to keep teaching people about it. And as horrible okay. as it is, as dark as it is, this is the reality of what human nature can do when people yeah. are, this is where the psychology of it comes into it. So I don't mind if you, I don't know if you guys mind me sort of going off on a no, quick no, tangent it, it, about it, psychology. This
0: is like the tangent yeah. podcast, so
2: don't right. worry
3: about it. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I guess what I sort of want to touch upon as well is the, you know, as, as well as what happened stuff, I think the mentality of the SS officers and, you know, the, the, the guards and stuff who are at these camps, um, you know, that sort of needs to be touched upon because again, you know, that they're killing people left, right and centre when it came to the final solution and they're, you know, that again people are into forced labour and they would be seeing these terrible things, they would be seeing people in terrible conditions and a lot of distress and you know in, in most circumstances that would have an impact on someone's psychological health but the, the you know and that people say you know these people must have been evil and actually what so i think i'm pretty sure psychologists and sociologists have found you know these people were, were not inherently evil they were indoctrinated because they were brought up in a in, in a political system that said these things these people are like this and they are not like us and it becomes an us versus them divide and we can see Mm -hmm. that in in plenty of other scenarios again recently in terms of the black lives matter movement if you you know the the tweets that donald trump put out these people are thugs but when it came to the you know all these anti-maskers and all these you know um far right you know white conservatives um he i'm pretty sure he was basically saying they were lovely people and all of this and you can see how politics plays such a big role so it sometimes isn't down to individualism it's down to the way that the the, the politics of the time and especially in Nazi Germany that that unfortunately what was going on was kind of um, accepted because these people were not like us and I think that can kind of be seen you know, I, I've read the book, The Boy in Striped Pyjamas, and again, I, I think it's loose. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna. I think it's it's fictional, but it's loosely kind of based yeah, on perhaps real events. The ending mm-hmm. of the film is pretty, pretty damn harrowing because obviously they find um, the boy's clothes but, and they can see that obviously he's gone into the camp and you can see they're in bits and it's kind of people would say, okay, these people are Nazis and they did all these horrible things, but yet when it's their son that these things have happened to their reaction is they're on the floor they're in bits obviously because exactly. their child's just died but they don't have that same mentality for the millions of people that are being killed in the camps when they must yeah. know the adults must know what's going on and if you yeah. look at there are some studies as well um there are some really uh, i think it was called Mil- milgram milgram study they looked at um it was the the plot of the i think it came out in the 60s and it was by i think I can't remember whether they were American or German psychologists, but they wanted to test the psychology of um, German the German population at the time to see whether they were more as, as awful as it sounds, kind of um, inherent to these kind of characteristics to other people. And yeah. what happened was they had someone sat in a room with a um, kind of a, what do you what would you call it it's like a voltage system and it would give people electric shocks and they were told that some there was someone on the other side of the room in a different cubicle that if they were, I think it was something like a um, like a spelling test or something like that. And what they didn't realise was the people on the other side of the cubicle were, in fact, part of the experiment, but they thought they were just people like them just taking part in a, in a fun study. They didn't really realise that they were actually in on it as well. Um, and what happened was every time they would get something wrong, they would give them an electric shock, and each time they would turn the voltage up more and more. Mm. And the um they would, they would have, like, someone in a white coat standing next to them, and this is a part of the um, what I'll talk about later—the the, the white coat kind of um, phenomenon. And someone would say, "This, this, you know, this voltage could kill this person. This, this is this could kill them." And yet they were still. When every time they would get it wrong, they would still turn it up a notch. And the the person is quite distressing if you hear it. The person is again, they're in on it, but they're pretending. They're like, "Oh God, are ah. they?" are like, you know, they're in pain, and because they've got, they're getting really bad electric shocks. And this person keeps going because this person in the white coat is telling them, okay, they got the answer wrong. This could hurt them, but turn it up even more. And it's yeah. it's absolutely, you know, I think it was like only 10... I'm pretty sure, again, I'm, I don't want to say anything specific because I did this study back when I was... God, when I was studying A-level, but it was mm-hmm. a very, very small percentage who actually refused and said, no, I'm not going to do this. This is going to kill someone. The, the, big, the vast majority of the participants in the study actually went... Like to a very very fatal voltage Jesus. and ag- again it's obviously again that they were doing it in Germany but they've actually I'm pretty sure they've done it in other countries and they're actually quite similar findings so you're, what the...
1: you're following so... like an author- no, no no it's me interrupting you Um, I was just saying it's like they're, they're following an authority figure
3: and no. that's exactly what played that I think that's what psychologists kind of took away from the study was that you know the white coat phenomenon is like you know someone in or- as, as you've just said in a powerful figure telling you what to do most people would do it um and i think that's where it comes into play if in politics on the large scale if if a, if a government figure or a, a group of people are saying these people are not like us they are subhuman they all the terms that you know all the, if, yeah. if you think of what was taught in in german schools at the time you know really horrible kind of cartoons of of jewish yeah. people all of these things are absolutely terrible these things were going on and because it was going on in, in schools and in places of it wasn't just word of mouth these things were seen as fact and were seen as oh okay this is the way life is and i think yeah. that plays such a big role and another of course the another experiment that's quite well known is um the stanford prison experiment oh, i've heard about I that.
0: Um, yeah i was literally just about to mention that i was yeah. literally like this is what you're describing is exactly exactly similar to how the stanford prison experiment ran because that only lasted like, I think that was me- meant to last, like, two weeks or a month, and it literally lasted yeah. six days because of that kind of – you uh, You were giving the example of, like, the white coat phenomenon is, yeah. like, similar, but with guard uniforms instead. And they the um, students who were randomly assigned guard roles or um, yeah. uh, patient – I guess patient roles, I think that's the wrong term, but the ones who were in the guard, uh, yeah. guard roles suddenly were, like – abusing the patients to like psychological torture and and yeah stuff like that and it was it's fucking atrocious it's fucking nuts but yeah it is that it is that mentality of like if you are a position in perceived authority not actual authority you will take advantage of that and if you get if you give them an inch you, they'll take a mile type thing
3: unless well, you're held exactly. To responsibility, exactly and that's yeah that's part of this you know it's, it's it was run by a psychologist called uh, zimbardo um dr zimbardo and he yeah ran the it was it's called the stanford prison experiment it was basically a, a, a test of um authority and if you gave people absolutely no consequences for their actions how far would people go and i think it was if, if people yeah. again sort of a a general kind of overview of the study was as you've you know as george has said you know people were randomly assigned roles as a prisoner or a prison guard and the prison guards were given you know a uniform and a bat and they were given all these kind of possessions that would automatically put them at a higher position of power than the um prisoners and the prisoners were they had to wear you know just they they all wore the same thing it was just like a kind of a hospital gown i'm pretty sure and they weren't referred to by name that's another thing that i think ties in With the Holocaust. It's that kind of um, dehumanisation. They were referred to by numbers. They were given numbers and they were just called out by their numbers. It was really quite horrific and again it was just they would, you know, be absolutely horrendous to them because they were were told they could and again it was a similar thing with the the, uh, Milgram study. Uh, It was you know, these people were not inherently evil because they were assigned random roles. They just adapted to the role that they were given and that's where it comes into the Holocaust because you have people who are, you know, I guess army officials. You'd, you'd call them SS officers. You'd have you, you've got the Jewish population, and it was that was how that that was how the, the dynamic worked. You know, these people are subhuman. They are not like us. Therefore, we are going to treat them like this. We are going to you go. Know, we're going to harm them in this way and this way. Um, and it's and it's horrifying. And, and I think what scares people the most is how like, you know. The, the, the um switch can be flipped just like that like the fact that you can so literally easily. give someone positions of power and I think that's why it's so important to you know do research and to really understand you know not to get too carried away in things because it, these types of things have shown that all the people in Germany at the time the whole population of Germany were not evil it was a fact that they were being brought up in a political landscape which was teaching them that you know to dehumanize these group of people, and the idea yep. again of the Holocaust—the the lesson that came out of it was like this could never, ever, ever happen again. And it's because so many again, like I mean, I, I can't even put into words the the impact that it's had, and the you know. But the issue is, is that these things will keep happening. Humanitarian crises do keep happening, and you can see from the news and the way that the media spins. Um, yeah. And it, it still it still happens. That's kind of my the point I'm trying to make is that people all you know as I said at the beginning, after the Holocaust people said this can never happen again um, when actually fact we can look around although you know in in most circumstances I'm gonna say it doesn't happen to the same scale, but it's it's going that way. And for I'm just going to give again a quick example of um, like a, I remember a couple of years ago, I like probably more about maybe three, four years ago, when I was at school, there was a big thing, especially on TV, around immigration and Muslim communities in places like up yeah. north and in London, and it was, I can remember, there were so many online, um, not online I guess, but like BBC discussions about the I guess, assimilation of, of Muslim communities, and I, guess, but I think at the time there was a lot of terrorism attacks going on, and I think it all became very, it became this really nasty mess of blaming muslims although people said we were taught we can't blame people obviously actually the media had a very different outlook and i think that's the problem with the media that sometimes they are actually biased and they don't do things evenly as as they claim that they do um i yeah. can still remember there being a channel 4 either channel 4 or channel 5 so it's one of the mainstream um channels on british television um mm-hmm. talking about do it was something along the lines of do muslims agree with extremism and it absolutely shocked me at the time cuz I'm like how like offensive like cat why why would this be allowed like this is just going back to to to, to Nazi Germany you're you're, you're yeah. telling people broadcasting on like a big un, supposedly unbiased channel that you know we, we treat people equally and you know, all you know diversity and all of this and I you know I could talk all day about how the, the BBC you know are known to not be completely you know even at times but you just think you're you're this is going back to nazi germany you're dehumanizing a group of people um and you're not even giving them the voice to 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 say this is wrong you're just putting this out there and again yeah sorry i've got off a big tangent but it's unbelievable how easy these things can happen and i think that's what people need to be very vigilant of is the fact that and again we spoke about you know that the Touched upon the Black Lives Matter movement in America, and obviously, you had back in last summer, you had lots of riots and protests, and after the death of George Floyd. And, um you know, again, as I said, Donald Trump called these people thugs, they were fighting for their human rights, and he was t- and he just said they were thugs.
2: Yeah. And yet,
3: when it got to far right, you know, white extremists, and especially the anti maskers and the anti vaxxers, you know, unfortunately, a big thing going on in America, um the reaction from Donald Trump especially was was completely different and I believe still is and it it just goes to show that you know you're never too far away from something like this happening again and I think to finish my point that's what I kind of want to say is that people always said the Holocaust should never ever happen again but what I think is very very important to know is that these things do happen and they can happen right around the corner and you know when you guys are ready we could always talk about the what's going on in china at the moment because i think that's the most relevant example um going on today
0: yeah um yeah. so i've I, you you said a couple of things better that becca that i want to touch on first of all yeah can we have like a round of applause for becca because this is why we got her on the podcast and she's yeah. fucking perfect tangent <laughs> you broke your flower way more professional than the three of us put together <laughs> and then oh, blended yeah. together to try and make a fucking professional milkshake yeah. um one thing that you said that was really, really pertinent is that I remember very, very distinctly of, like you said, Trump saying, uh, calling the Black Lives Matter protesters thugs. Yeah. Um, I attended a Black Lives Matter protest over here in the UK. It was socially distanced at the time. Mm. Um, it wasn't one of the ones in London, but we did. We tried to just make a voice heard, and mm. I had a few of my mates around Marlowe speak up and whatnot. Um, I Now, what was quite interesting recently is that a uh two things one a report actually came out that 93 percent of black lives matter protests were completely peaceful with no violence whatsoever which is fucking staggering considering the amount of a media coverage being like look how violent these protests are and also the amount of actual protests there were like for, for days weeks even months in some cases they were they were completely uh Non-violent, and that's completely non-violent. That's not even including the exactly. the shooting in uh in Michigan. Was it Michigan or Minnesota with that sixteen-year-old who travelled across the border with the AR fifteen and then shot oh two my people? Oh god! Like that's yeah. that's not even including that one. This is like purely non-violent protests where like violent protests were spawned from a opposing side, you could say. Yeah. Um. So first of all, yeah, ninety-three percent of peaceful protests from BLM. That's nuts, considering. Yeah we've had one protest from Trump and his crew, uh, or Trump's followers, you could say, yeah, and sure. uh, it was pretty fucking violent. Um, yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, the, the annoying thing was as well, like, I keep hearing people being like, oh, but the protesters started it. And every, like, damn near everything I've seen in terms of, you know, opposing was, was Is... opposing. Like, the first yeah. video I saw of the Black Lives Matter protest, right, was some people standing on their porch Right, being shot at, yeah, while they were just stood there. I remember, I remember with paintball guns, walk down the street, and the police officer's like, Get in your house! So, this is the land of the free, the land of you being able to do what you want on your property as well. Bearing in mind they're standing on on your property, and yet they're standing on their porch, and someone with a paintball gun comes up and starts shooting at them.
0: Bearing in mind they're standing on their property.
1: It's insane. They're, not, they're
0: not on the street on public domain um, second point I wanted to say about that uh, um, say about uh, the Trump calling them thugs um, it immediately reminded me of a uh, incredible tweet by the uh, promising Fox News Republican reporter <laughs> that is Tommy Lauren um, What's the name? Tommy Lauren but Lauren's spelt uh, with an L-A-H oh, uh, with it's... an I
1: this person a couple of times
0: my favorite tweet and we all seen tweets that haven't aged well and they kind of self-owns and stuff like that if and i'm going to quote the tweet here and this was either i'm not sure if this is an american date on the tweet or a uk date on the tweet because it says the 11th of the 3rd 2020 but i'm guessing it's probably the 3rd of november uh the tweet says if at real donald trump were to lose in brackets he won't his supporters will just go to work tomorrow, just as we do every day. When Biden loses, his quote-unquote supporters will likely loot and riot. Tells you everything you need to know.
3: Jesus. Chef's, um, kiss. Chef's um, kiss.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, uh, that's fucking a dumb statement, if ever. Because um, the one time they do protest, they fucking they tell them to stop the count, they tell them to carry on counting, and then in between that, they storm the Capitol building and actually... One woman did sadly uh, lose her life on the day.
1: Five five people in total, didn't they? Five Five people.
0: Um, One thing that I also feel like a lot of people are completely glossing over when it comes to storming the Capitol building, um, and I know again we have completely deferred from uh, Schindler's list, but it is that idea of um, that kind of mentality of you feel like you're in a position of authority when realistically you're in no position of authority or supremacy whatsoever. No matter what certain people might tell you, I feel like a lot of the media is completely glossing over the fact that I think it was three or four IEDs were found.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. How is
0: that not bigger news in the Capitol building?
1: Like, the Capitol building is domestic terrorism.
0: Yeah. Can can we just establish what would have happened if, like, let's say a load of people who wanted to remain in the European Union, like, stormed the House of Commons? It would not be the same effect. And it is again. It's like we've we've all f- probably all four of us. Again, I know me and Becca have because we spend more time on Twitter than we care to admit. <laughs> um, we've seen the picture of like the Capitol steps when the Black Lives Matter protests were happening, and it was literally like the armed fucking yeah, National Guard yeah. on the fucking stairs, and then fucking Trump's like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna hold a rally outside, and then we're gonna storm the place." Yeah, allegedly quote unquote, even though you actually watched that if if any of you have seen that press conf- uh, press conference rally beforehand. Rudy oh, Giuliani, Donald Trump Jr.'s like yeah, yeah got like rap like ramping them up, Trump's like, I'm gonna march with you and then he gets in yeah. his fucking limo and drives the other direction. Um, <laughs> like I mean,
3: it's, conveniently it's like how mental. the hell was the
1: response time so long? Like it's the it's DC, it's the capital. Like I, I don't under, like, you know. As soon as any kind of reports got out that, oh, hey, there's there's a mass protest storming the Capitol building, you know, surely like every bloody police unit in the area should have just been there.
3: It's just it's, and this is what I think. Um, again, like again, Twitter touches upon and makes a good analogy of is again that indifference between how, you know, the the, the government treat. Um, trump supporters to how they treat you know again like the black lives matter movement um where where we looked at you know again as you you mentioned you know the 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 way police would treat in the the black lives matter protests in terms of the the, the, even the 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 peaceful ones the the vast majority that were obviously peaceful um and there was a video going around and on twitter uh, they were all kneeling the protesters were kneeling in front of the police there was absolutely no movement there was nothing going on they were literally just holding signs that was all they were doing and there was obviously police in riot gear making a wall in front of them and there's a a very a, a a very viral clip that was going around on twitter it was obviously filmed by someone who was um one of the protesters who was behind this man at the time he was kneeling and this man was making a speech a really moving speech about um why they're there and why, they, you know, they just want, they just want, you know, just, they just want the police to listen and to understand where they're coming from, and after a couple of minutes, a police officer comes up and escorts him away, and the people yeah. lose it. They're like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, it's, it's completely this the, peaceful. Is, was this
0: the one where they were on the green, and he just kind of calls yes. them violently?
3: Yeah, that, that's yeah, the one. Yeah, I remember
0: that. Fuck
3: and me. then... And, you look at the in terms of the, what happened at the capitol a couple of weeks ago i'm pretty sure again this was on twitter a clip of one of the guys who's stormed in you know again raided it um he's taking a selfie with one of the guards or police officers yeah. at the time and the guy's smiling and it's just an absolute insult and this is what i mean to when it will we come back to the holocaust is to how different people are so di- for doing the same thing or for act for living the same life their their rights are viewed completely differently to somebody else's and you you can get away with this because you're different because you're and this is what you know makes me angry i think and that's what it should make everybody very angry Um, and that's that's what
1: make people scared like this this is honestly a terrifying terrifying event in history like the fact that this
3: even, yeah yeah
0: straight up it's domestic terrorism just call it what the fuck it is um genuine question because we're almost two weeks removed from that situation and the uh people who have stormed the building and who have been photographed uh, walking out with stuff like the podium and Nancy Pelosi's yeah. letters and stuff like that they're now being arrested do we do we think that's going to stop people cuz i don't think so
3: no because you what happens really is it. you've got you because these people are so indoctrinated as to you know trump's their god yeah. it's, it's it's terrifying they're, they're just going to keep saying what about free speech? What about all of that? And then it comes back to the, down to the same point, which was all these Black Lives Matter movement people, you know, protesters, this was all their free speech too. And what did you do to them? You arrested them. You said, and, and people are like, oh, well, you know, good rudence. But when it comes, I've got a bad feeling when it comes to all of these people, they're still going to have supporters being like, it was yeah. his, you know, his his American right and my right yeah. as a citizen. And that's something that, and again, obviously, you know, we're, we're, we're all British here, but... I've never been to america i have a family friend who lives there but that's something that i think um separates british politics from american politics is that there's there's such a big emphasis on my right my right yeah to do my this opinion my...
0: i i tell you what though we're not that fucking far off it
3: no no it's because just...
0: because we 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 have to acknowledge as well if you if we're talking about the difference between american and british politics a lot of the ideologies of american politics have now translated over to british politics in fact they kind of translated it about the same time because when trump came into power they had the similar thing of oh make america great again well what when was america last great yeah oh 100%. Like,
3: but, but the thing,
1: for their slogans got, no no, no oh, you've got
0: st- you've got strong and stable but this is like believe in brexit as well and it's like okay yeah. well, what is brexit and it's like it's leaving the eu and it's like okay well what 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 would does that mean if we leave the eu and it's like we leave the eu and i'm like but, okay but what does that mean you ask someone <laughs> you you ask someone why and why and why and you ask them why a couple of times and a lot of the time these people get angry because they're just living by a slogan. Make America Great Again was a very, very uh, incredible slogan that just ran and ran and ran and ran. It was Mm. unbelievable. And we, me, Ben, and James know full well Tom Morello taking the absolute fucking piss out of that, calling Make America Rage Again, and that is absolutely great fucking plagiarism.
1: Um, I mean, just to give you some... some just Hang
0: on, Ben. I need to finish my point very quickly. Um, the, the problem is, is that you, you say making America great again, you ask someone, oh, when was, so when do you mean America was last great? And it's like, oh, when we had the moon landings. And I think Trump actually said that as well. And it's like, okay, but that was five years before the end of the Vietnam War, and America was fucking tearing itself apart over that shit. Yeah like thing, like it's fucking the idea of like uh, you being nationalistic or loyalist towards your own country and being like oh it is great we've got to make it great and it's like yes okay I'm going to make it I, I would like our crunchy country to be great as well but you need to criticise it so therefore it can be better yeah, For example, exactly. the perfect example right now in British politics is us probably us four in our own private and on social media we have criticised the government and been like well how the fuck do we have like the fifth or sixth highest test de- death toll like in the fucking world when it comes to a pandemic and we're an island nation yeah, yeah. and we're, we're criticizing the government like on a personal level like like they don't seem to care there's the whole school school lunches debacle as well recently mm. and all that yeah. stuff the other i and then people were turning around to me and they're turning around to other people that i'm hearing on the radio as well that i listen to and just being like you don't care about our country you don't believe in our country i'm like. Yes, no, we do. We just, so we just want that it I'm to be better.
1: To, yeah, mm. it's not like,
0: fucking rocket science.
1: Like, yeah, this is this is two things. It's like, um, it w- my point where I was going to go on from from you, George, is into like some clips I've seen of like Boris Johnson in the House of Commons, and some of the the language he uses against the opposition, Sir Karma. So the job of the opposition is not just to be the opposition, but it's also to hold the government to accountability for their actions, mm. right? And obviously now that we've finally actually got somewhat of an opposition again, thank fuck, because it's been absolutely gutted by the Brexit campaign. Yeah, because
0: Starmer and and Rashford as well have been absolutely fucking gold of twenty twenty and coming into twenty twenty one.
1: So it's it's it and this ties into the, it was one clip that I watched, whereas Steer obviously said something. I didn't see the, the bit before that. But it was like the one, Boris Johnson answered a question was to just immediately attack Sir Karma by saying just like, oh, he's a hypocrite. He doesn't listen to what the government's doing. He won't support us. When you know, Sir Karma's just sat there just like, what the fuck? I do support you. Everything I say is like, I'm supporting the fact the government's doing a lockdown, but I'm saying that maybe, you know, da-da-da. So he's using this, like Boris Johnson is using like this inflammatory accusatory language where it's just instead of answering the question, he's flipping the blame onto his opposition which is what a lot of like populist leaders do.
0: I I wouldn't mm. say but, he's
1: not but but but, but sorry. let me let me finish. Yep. It was a beautiful <laughs> moment to watch the speaker of the house turn around and be like sorry you're not allowed to do that Boris. You're not allowed to just randomly start a key- like no this is really like degrading the house. You need to change mm. your language. And I was oh. like, "Oh my god, I've seen a just I've seen a beautiful moment. I've seen a moment of clarity in British politics. That yeah, that was see.
0: that was something that John Burko used to be very, very good at before he retired as the House of Commons leader. And I think he got out of there early. And we- fair play to him. Um, yep. To add on to your point and to kind of link it back to Schindler's List, which is technically the topic of this podcast, but realistically, it isn't. It isn't. It's, it's more the themes of Schindler's. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's the idea of the weaponization of hate, and that yeah. That's, mm, that's yeah. What we yes. are kind of almost going back towards again, and it's fucking terrifying. It is it because really is. Yeah. we could, we can, like, what? We're a bunch of early mid twenty year olds, and even even we're like, this is fucked. This is fucked. I can't it's tell like... you. I can't tell you the amount of times I've turned. I've turned around to Ben and I said, I could see America going into an actual civil war, and I I am not alone in that. I've heard other no, people on the radio. I've, I've seen people, people in that. the news say that. I've. It's and it's. I, you know what, I, I'm, am struggling to, to steer clear from it. I think I don't think it'll be like a civil war like it was back in the 1800s or whatever. I think it'd, it'd just be more like a divorce. The
2: yeah, like yeah, no. it'd just be sort of like, all right, you have your states, we'll have our states. We'll run it a bit differently because running this massive island on the same sort of like slogans will probably not work anymore.
0: But it the problem- funk it. so the problem there's two problems with that. One, so you're Kind of saying that America could end up like East and West Germany, right, back in the day.
1: Oh no, not that extreme. They don't literally build a wall through it. Right right. I, I just, I could well, see well,
0: I mean, like, does ball... like building walls, but you know, you know, whether you he actually him... builds them is a whole nother ball game.
1: You could see it's... like some of the. Oh, sorry. Becca.
3: <laughs> oh no, I was literally just going to say. I just, I just, it just made me realise something when you talk about kind of what's going on in America right now. Again, it's this is again this has been going on for several years since since all Trump came into power. But you know that whole. Wall that you know, the detention centers that are on the, yeah. the Mexican oh, yeah. border, and shit
0: like that,
3: yep. There, that's something else. That, um, again, this is going to be, I'm going to say allegedly because I don't think any news sources source this, but this was stuff that was going around on, on the internet, and it was you know, rumored that they were, um, using toxic gas in ice detention centers and it i think that i think how it was sourced was like people at the time said that it was like oh it's like cleaning products they use it to clean it out um and i'm pretty sure that from from what the source said that the the gas used could could be fatal and obviously again people were making links back to the holocaust and all of this and yeah it's very very scary
0: i'm gonna link on to that as well i think it, i think it's called article 42 but i can't remember exactly what it's called mm. um this was brought in just before march i think of 2020 and it's basically a uh it's a part of the american politics now where you can without warning deport an immigrant uh, due to health and safety reasons mm. that's awful. and i'm and i think the numbers were in the thousands that they had deported because of this article and it's no warning but they were like health and safety reasons because of covid and mm-hmm. that's how that's how they have been doing it recently and that was only brought into I, I say like march 2020 but it could have been late 2019 um so like i say allegedly brought in on that date but this article 42 is known it was reported on last week tonight uh, by john oliver a, a number of months ago that's that's why i can't remember exactly because i do remember watching that and that is a serious serious fucking problem but again it's this weaponization of hate this weaponization of you were you were born in this country that therefore you are more superior to that person who's traveled to this country and i'm like bitch every single white american who's ever gone to that country at the very least originated from england so you're the fucking immigrant you bitch
3: well exactly
0: yeah like you know it's yeah yeah
1: i if you go along those
2: lines we'll just eventually get back to where we all originated was like around africa or something
0: yeah exactly like i i hate the the idea and the toxification of separating immigrants to emigration and stuff like that it's like people are people why Can't we exactly. just like it, it, it's like who gives a fuck? yeah? Some people are assholes, yeah. Some people are murderers, throw them away and maybe don't and maybe throw away the key as well.
1: See, my but... favorite thing with that now is because there's now like second generation people in this in this country, it's so amazing when people are just like, Oh, you know, where are they from? They're British, they're from yeah. Britain, you know. Yeah. Oh, but you know, they've got a different heritage. Well, they're still they've still grown up in Britain, they're, they are yeah. British. they were born here, they are British. There is, you know, you, you can be interested in their heritage in a in a positive sense just like you know it's it's nice to know their personal story and what yeah like the perfect
0: perfect example of that that all four of us know is uh is uh my friend frankie who if she is listening to this she's going to hate that I've name dropped her but her mom is uh part german i do believe um and her dad is full british but she's She's uh, been turned, uh, turned around before and people have genuinely, and this is people in our paleontology course, so we all know that, um, who have been like, oh, uh, where are you from? And she's like, mm. Folkestone. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, but where did you grow up? Folkestone. Oh, yeah, yeah. but where were you born? Folkestone. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a fucking mess. <laughs> like, I think, And her name yeah. is Francesca Rogers. It's not like, yeah. it's, but its it's the idea of like, this like where are you from and it's like oh like it's again it's the entire idea of segregation i think i th- i think at this point when we're talking about segregation it's it, you now have the segregation in this ideology of supremacy over a different a, a different i guess race or you have certain human yeah. characteristics that are better and i just I, find that absolutely fucking ludicrous there was a very think... good statement sorry to cut you off Becca um but please jump in after I've said this. That's right. Nice. There was something during the B, uh, the BLM protests that you were talking about earlier, Becca, and I'm just going to link back to that. There was a woman, uh, a African American woman, I believe. I could be wrong. Um, but she said, All we want is fucking equality, but God knows what could happen if we wanted fucking revenge. And I was like, mm. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah. She's exactly
3: right. She's exactly yeah, right.
0: Exactly. And I'm just like, You know what? Yeah. I you know what at this point I don't blame you. Like if we're talking 93% of protests were peaceful and the 7% that were violent were let's be honest not that fucking violent. Um no, a
1: bit of vandalism on... and spinning into that vandalism one of the my favorite videos that I saw of that incident was of a African American woman of descent you know challenging some white young male Black Lives Matter pro- uh, protesters who'd, like, vandalized the local area, mm-hmm. and she was absolutely Yeah, I remember that. And she was just like, you know, what the fuck? You, you come down this street mm-hmm. where th- where there's none of these, you know, these people that you're trying to hold to account, you terrorize all of this, all this stuff, you vandalize all this stuff, and she's like, you know, fine, this this electronic billboard here is is a symbol of, you know, whatever, or like, I can't remember, the young people were like, oh, this is a symbolism, blah, blah, blah. She's like, but there's fucking homeless people charging their phones off it. Think yeah. about the actual people who live there. Fine, you know, we might not actually like this thing, we might not like what it represents, but it is benefiting people. And here you are, white people, <laughs> coming into our neighbourhood, trying to fight for us, and instead all you're doing is hurting us. And like,
3: yeah,
1: it's it's incredible
0: and then you've got you've got the flip side of that as well when you've got so-called social media influencers who have literally just popped out gone to get a picture and gone back in to claim that they're helping with the movement and i'm like you know what get shucked.
1: but there's always like in the social media landscape there's always gonna be people like that
0: let's 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 not talk about the social media landscape because we've already tried to cover that in social network that we'll be dropping later on and fucking that's a whole
1: social network the fucking algorithm and its contribution to this problem.
3: Yeah, they,
0: they need to be held account now. This is um un undiluted, f- f- fucking undiluted, hypocritical, uh, terrifying rhetoric that needs to be monitored now. I yeah, I, I heard this from uh, a YouTuber called uh, True Geordie um, mm. and he came up with a brilliant idea um, that. If you want a social media profile, you have one social media profile unless it is a business profile, i.e. you're a celebrity, you're a brand or or whatever, but you've got to identify your business uh, tax number, which is given to you in the social in that social media profile. And every single person who has a social media profile, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, they have to have like in America, it's a social security number over here, it's a national insurance number. Mm. you should have that as your sign up and login and you use that one time unless you deactivate your account Mm. and i i think because then one person can have one account they can't hide behind a fucking bot or whatever Mm. and if the moment you put in that social security number or that national insurance number it proves it, it proves you're over the age of 16 you're over the age of 18 you are, you have a brain developed enough that you're not affected by social media. And on top of that, you do not have a complete overhaul of mental health problems from being young and influenced by social media. But also, then your account is held accountable. If you send any private abuse or public abuse to anyone, you can be investigated. Fucking sharpish.
1: I mean, mm. that does go against that does limit p- people's freedoms. They're not freedoms that we should be... But does it, though? Protecting. I know, I know. It's it's the typical argument of the liberal versus the libertarian, where the liberal's like, I want to protect everyone's freedom by putting some rules in to stop mm-hmm. people being dicks, and the libertarian, who's just like, yeah, but I want the right to be a dick. I, I want the right to be able to do whatever I want to be unaccountable for that.
3: I and think it comes... Oh, sorry, Ben.
1: No, it, that, that
3: was that was pretty much my point. <laughs> oh, so I was just gonna say, like, I think that's the, I think one of the one of the things I've heard in regards to this sort of this kind of conflict, especially when it comes to social media, is it, it's it's maybe freedom of speech, but it's not freedom of consequence. Yeah, so I I, think I've been,
0: I've I've stood by that rhetoric for at least six months. Ben's if, fucking if you were, well aware of that.
3: Oh, if I If you're aware of, um, yeah, like people who, again, you know, like you get you get these well known. You can say trolls, but you you get trolls everywhere. But you unfortunately get trolls who are also um, uh, journalists, or you know that they they come out with very very offensive t- tweets or content just 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 to be provocative. And exactly. um, there is yeah, there's just no consequence for these people. And and again, this comes back to I guess Donald Trump having his account suspended. It's that kind of idea that that's proved to people that if because the whole issue is people in a position of power could get away with these things because they were powerful and they were rich and if you take that right away you're setting an example to people that if you speak about people in this way and if you incite hate then you 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 are going to be censored and i think it's a good i personally think the whole donald trump's account being taken away was a good thing um then again i'm you know I, i consider myself being a liberal I consider myself being a feminist and it's in line with all of my rights and my yeah. using my values of course it does but i understand that some other people are different about it other people think it's going to set off the, the yeah. transporters even more and make more of a well, fuss about them but like, like yeah. I, I
1: think i think it's it's done too late now yeah i think if it was done sooner and like where he didn't have as big of a base as he had and he didn't mm-hmm. have as much sway as he now has like all this has done is fueled the argument of freedom of speech and Mm. the people that he who do now follow him and do subscribe to his belief system won't listen to the fact that the reason why he's been banned is because he's not advocating for freedom of speech he's he's advocating for just like just 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 this this bizarre trumpism
2: he should have been banned when he broke the rules on the sites not when he not Mm. became president yeah exactly it's adding wood to a fire or sort of like control burning when there is a massive fire type thing. Yeah.
3: I think, yeah, I think the issue kind of comes into play where it's like people say, oh, you can't argue with stupid. And I think when it comes to people like Trump, people say that you can't like argue with stupid. However, when that person, when you get someone who's very stupid, who has a lot of power, that is very, very dangerous. That's like giving a toddler a fucking set of fireworks. Like, what do you think is going to happen? Um, that's how gun. I kind of view. Yeah, what, what do you think is going to happen? And this is how I view. That's how, it's how I've always viewed far right politics. And think it's it's like people say, oh, you know, you should debate these people. You should argue. The problem is with these people, they won't um, consider any other viewpoint because yeah. they're, they're they're they have perhaps levels of narcissism and things like that where they can't do that. And you know, I think it's 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 giving stupid people power is where it becomes dangerous um because unfortunately you know it makes other people vulnerable um but yeah and that's why I love people like um AOC um she's in oh, parliament she's and she's uh I just love her and she's she does a very very good job of just challenging people who do these things and coming back to the arts attention centers there was a a woman she was kind of interviewing in the I, I get supreme court i guess i guess that's that's the the right term for it the american politics slightly confuses me but i think it's the supreme court or the federal court she was talking to this woman and she was saying you know people in our detention centers they're not receiving um soap they're not receiving basic human hygiene products or stat the, the standards were completely low they weren't given beds were children were being separated from their families why is this happening and yeah. the woman just couldn't formulate a a proper answer so it kind of comes back again to that weaponizing of hate and going back to the holocaust of how these people are just not viewed as human because they're and i think that i don't know if we use the term in in british immigration but that i hate it it's like alien they that's how they would refer to someone who is like an immigrant who's coming from another uh, another coming in from another country they call them aliens and it's
0: awful I don't think we're quite at that stage but we're not fucking far off. I mean I'm not I mean,
1: far at all. This is No, we
0: I I remember talking to Ben about this and it's like I what was it when they were storming the Capitol building and I posted in uh, our little group our little uh, group chat from Portsmouth We and I posted in the chat saying well America is a tire fire right now. And you literally went yeah, we're not that far off and I was like I know but at least we haven't stormed the Capitol building yet. So
1: like half of the rhetoric used in the brexit campaign was to do with immigration it was to do with blaming
0: it was border control
1: problems on someone else like i spoke to a lot of people you know who are more right-wing about their their opinions why why they vote for brexit they they wanted change and someone offered them this change on a on a silver platter and gave them a justification to bend all their anger towards a certain group of people, you know, and, and like, if and you look at it, under any as form well, of...
0: as well, as well, sorry, this, is, and it wasn't even just directing anger at immigrants. This was directing anger at, at experts. News. Yeah, it was, and, this and was then that, Yeah, and, and, and it was a, again, a serious, so they, it was, it was kind of, um, Fear mongering, but you always heard from the other side, uh, from uh, the uh, Leave side of the campaign, where people like myself who wanted to remain, and I was like, "But if we leave, this, this, and this is going to just drop. Like the yeah. economics are going to drop." And I have a vivid, vivid memory of um, the pound to euro being something like no, the pound to the dollar being one pound forty nine the day before the Brexit vote. I was going to Paris Disneyland the next day i was so confident that we were going to vote to remain that our pound would strengthen against the euro and that i was going to change my money at the airport or on the way right oh big fucking mistake we voted to leave the pound dropped against the dollar from 149 to 135 in about six hours jesus mm. that's in- that's mental but i always heard from the other side of like uh, me being like, yeah, but our economics are gonna drop, our supply lines are gonna drop, we're gonna have to have pay just like, like, we're gonna have to do deal with so many visas and even just traveling visas and like just going to Spain is gonna cost us at least an extra twenty five quid in travel visas and shit like that. And I always and if I spoke to someone who disagreed with me on that, it was like, Oh, you're just part of Project Fear. And I'm like, Bitch, Project Fear is now project reality. Yeah. Like it, it's this whole Fear mongering aspect, and and this is now what it, 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 the fact that we are talking about this and these themes uh, to link again back to Schindler's List because I seem to be the only one trying to link it back to Schindler's well, List. Shade.
1: Why did why did that <laughs> occur? How did the Nazis get into power? They blamed the economic depression yeah. on a group of people. They weaponized that to get into power. Mm. Like the parallels are alarming in modern politics currently it's not as bad in currently the westernized nations as certain other nation that's actually doing something that's borderline
3: well and i yeah, think this is know, probably a, a i think a this is place. probably the
0: smoothest transition we could do
3: yeah uh, so <laughs> i've i mean i've made some notes in regards to what's going on in china at the moment you know that's kind of what i wanted to talk about in terms of you know what's going on um i guess the best way to kind of start this off is so for starters the information i've got is all from you know sort um rely what i would call reliable sources so it's from bbc varsity um buzzfeed like some people are like oh buzzfeed but you know i guess it's a reliable source in in the sense that it's not um all social media so i guess the, the best way to start this off is in china um it there's been well, th- th- there's been discussions about this going on for about a year to like to two years, um, but say, it's only I'd been more about, recently.
0: It, I'd say about two years. Um, yeah, because we I've seen
3: stuff from like 2018,
0: 2018, uh, 2019. Yeah. There was a panorama special fucking going on about this back in 2019. Like holy shit.
3: Yeah. yeah, and I think so. Basically, if again, if you know, any listeners aren't sort of completely aware. There's a, a region in China, and I again, if I pronounce this wrong, like I, I do apologize. Uh, Xinjiang, um, and I, I think, think it's, you nailed wh-
0: that pronunciation. To be fair,
3: yeah. perfect, thanks. <laughs> um, and I think it's um, Western China, and the area in particular has a large um, population of Uyghur, Muslims, I think. We and it's pronounced. Uyghur. Uyghur. Uh, okay, uh, thank you. Um, and th- there's been a kind of, I think, a history of um, tensions in that area. I think a lot of um, sort of government officials and police in that area would kind of sort of see it as, as terrorism and there was just tensions and, and you know, it's, it's very highly guarded by police and just in general in the area. Um, and um, there's been, to, 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 to flash forward, there's been some satellite pictures of, um, uh, of factories and from, from what I've read online, these, these factories, in terms of their size, go from millions of square feet, you know, in size, they're absolutely huge um and and it's sort of been discussed for a while that these are potential alleged camps for um for these again for for the group of people um for muslims the Muslim population in china um and i think i think kazakhstan and places like that as well was all kind of because that's sort of the surrounding area um So in terms of how I heard about it, this was through Twitter and Instagram. And again, it it was shocking me because people were saying, you know, it was all from what I was seeing. It was like first person accounts of either family members who had whose, whose relatives had gone missing or they'd been in there themselves. And they were kind of bringing light as to what was going on. And they were, you know, pleading for their family members return or their friends return. Um, and you know, and it was quite shocking because it was like oh my goodness wh- what the hell was going on why why aren't the news talking about it so the first thing to mention is that this I think the social media kind of pushed this wave to get this spoken about because you'd think that uh, yeah. again after the holocaust after I've just said people said something like this should never ever happen again why wasn't this spoken about in the news as soon as there was you know th- the first inkling that something like this could be going on so th- well, in let's terms be honest of... with
1: our economic ties.
3: Well, and and that's part of the problem, I think. And
0: there, there were there were reports even dating back to about 2008 of the tensions between Uyghur and Han Chinese, um, uh, and between sorry, Uyghur Muslims and the Han Chinese. Um, sorry to kind of, I know I know you're talking about how how badly the, the news uh, the news over here and in America hasn't covered it essentially um i agree with you there's like the odd cnn thing Mm. the i think there's been like two bbc reports there's been more bbc articles about it but when we're talking bbc most people are watching the bbc and not well yeah um cnn has done like a couple of bits here and there i think al jazeera might have done one or two as well al jazeera pretty reputable um the i I i'm just going to bring it bring it back because there's one thing that I don't know if we all know about, but a major catalyst to these uh, labor camps and the uh, segregation, almost you could say, between the Uyghur Muslims and especially the Han Chinese population of China, mm. where Han Chinese makes up about 90% of the Chinese population. Mm. Have you guys heard about the China Chinese riots back in 2009?
3: no i don't think i did
0: so in uh it was a violent incident in guangdong um which is so Xinjiang's in about the is like north uh west of china in quite a rural area like becca said earlier but um xiao guan and in guangdong and i really hope i pronounced that correctly but i've probably butchered it um is more towards the uh southeast so the opposite mm. end of the country um and it was uh, many many migrant workers, including Uyghur workers, uh, are down there. Were down there to alleviate labor shortages. Um, however, a disgruntled former worker um, spread a little bit of a rumor around that two Han women had been raped by six Uyghur men. Who and mm. I, I don't know if they were uh, if those Uyghur men still work were working at the plant or anything like that. Um, but sources later said there was no evidence to support mm. that whatsoever. But overnight, uh, tensions uh, at the Guangdong factory led to a full-out uh, brawl between Uyghurs mm. and parts, which two Uyghur co-workers were then killed. Um, the the um, essentially it got so out of hand that the, there was riots that sprung out in China and. Um, I think it was in particular in oh, I'm trying to think um, in the um, there was demonstrations in Arumki and uh, which evolved, um about a thousand Uyghur Muslims and it was and and um, the demonstrations were peaceful but essentially by the end of the demonstrations and then by the end of the riots about 197 people had died.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then, what happened was is that um, a lot of the Uyghurs, uh, it seems, um, unfortunately, um, got so frustrated that they ended up hurling rocks, smashing vehicles, breaking, mm. rocks, and attacking the attacking Han civilians, which is not good by any stretch of the imagination. But they were. They've been so ma- they were so marginalized even by this. Problem. Yeah,
3: you can understand their anger.
0: Frustrations just boiled over, and yet a lot of ch- on Chinese. And then this was basically just like completely disseminated across China and Chinese media, and it, it created this divide even more before we even get into the fucking,
1: now it's fucking camps. justification where these behind people... it, yeah. Well, and this is the fucking terrible.
3: This is the interesting point as well. And I mean, because again, I think you've you know, led into it quite well there in terms of the, the, the background of it. Um, so in terms of, you know, again, people bring it to light and all of this. And, you know, people were kind of, again, showing concern. You said about the panoramas, and the, you know, that the kind of slight news coverage has been in terms of what what people's concerns are. And I think from from what I've read online is um, Chinese officials have kind of said, um, you, know, you know, from the Chinese government have kind of said... Um, that, you know, the, these camps are not labor camps, they're kind of education um, centers and it's the part, part, participation is voluntary and people can leave at any time. And, you know, and, and all of this, um, And I think it kind of links into, I think they've it's, I think there's an anti-poverty kind of scheme going on in China as well. Again, allegedly, this is just from what I've read online. and it, it, A lot of people think it ties into that because you get apparently people from more rural areas who go to these, you know, quote unquote, education centers to learn new skills and, and, and things like that. However, um, you know, the first thing I'm going to mention before I kind of give accounts, because of some of the sources I've read are from people who have been in the camps themselves. Um, sorry, I'm just reading a bit of paper. Um, sorry, sorry.
0: I'm, I'm going to interrupt because I need to correct myself from something I said earlier. I said about 197 yeah. Han Chinese died. I didn't mean to say that. I meant to say 197 197- Chinese yeah. civilians had died, including about 100. I think it's estimated in Xinhao that it was 137 mm. uh, of the dead were Han and 46 were Uyghur um, mm. with other other minorities um, within the death toll. Um, it has been claimed by the World Uyghur Congress that actually the death toll was more around 600 than 200. However, mm. that is only a claim, and it hasn't said. But anyway, carry on what you were saying, Becca.
3: Sorry, sorry. I uh, yeah. So, um, yes, yeah, so I think there was been again. I can't remember how recent this was, um, but I believe I saw this on an and like a, an Andrew Marr led um, kind of discussion on on the BBC. Um, he was speaking to uh, a Chinese kind of representative in the UK, or you know, someone who sort of represented the, the Chinese sort of authorities and government, and he showed him a picture of. Some footage that had kind of been leaked online of people being taken into these i'm going to quote on them education centers because what the footage showed was people all dressed it seemed that they were all dressed in sort of a similar colored uniform they had bags over their heads it looked like they were shat- shackled and they were being taken into um this 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 quote-unquote center or camp um, and obviously again the, the representative at the time who was talking was saying you know i don't know where you've got this footage from and was you know saying all of this um i'm going to go into now and again like, any discretion is advised because some of the topics i might discuss on d- yeah I might um discuss about maybe um disturbing to anyone who's listening but um, i'm gonna try and it's
0: a trigger warning to be blunt yeah i'm I'm
3: not (laughs) again i'm not going to go into too much gory detail i'm just going to kind of brush upon what what has been in this report um the first incidents i want to talk about is a a woman who was a i think she had a a, ran a textiles business in um i think the xinjiang area i think it was i think it was the same area she ran a small business um and she was taken into this camp um and I, I can't remember how long she was there for, but she describes as she was kind of, I think doing the same sort of textiles work, but she was working in like a very small cubicle, contact with other people around was was extremely limited. Um, you were sort of getting up and going to bed at the same time. And I think after you'd done a day's work, you were sort of taken to um, kind of like a classroom and you would, I, I believe being taught like the communist manifesto and the, the Chinese national anthem, I, I think, and things, things like that. So it was like a very strict regime and i can't remember how long she was there for but when she was released again obviously her business was in shambles because she hadn't been there and no one knew where yeah. she was um and she was told that the reason she was taken to this camp was for downloading whatsapp okay now i'm gonna go on to the second account and this is Jesus, someone i guess is from Va- this is from varsity um i believe and it was a uh i think his name is he's a um he he was a businessman as well a small businessman and he um i can't remember it was i think it was in the tourism trade i'm pretty sure um again i'm I'm absolutely terrible so i'm going to say allegedly because i've got the memory of a goldfish but i think it was i think he was a businessman he was in there and he gives very very graphic detail to to what's happened and again he's touched upon the same thing about the strict regime and the the education side of it as well and you know the um the singing and the indoctrination and the education side of it he said that there were a lot of um Torture that took place as well, like um, I believe he was beaten. um Is it, be it, a, I,
0: I know, I know. This isn't from the Varsity article, but I've seen uh, uh, an interview where a woman claimed that she was also stunned on the back of the back of the neck for not going to the toilet quick enough.
3: Yeah, yeah, and that's that's actually something else that she said. Uh, the, the, the the previous woman I was talking about said who um said that she was a, uh, you know, again they had very strict regimes of bedtime and toilet times, and and again all of this. Um, but but yeah and um, this 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 man actually said that he was physically tortured strapped to something called a tiger chair which is a very tight metal chair um they he he was you know, in shackles and he's pretty much has PTSD from when that he when he remembers how they put the bag on the head and when he was shackled he says he gets shivers and he shakes and he got really bad flashbacks of that so the psychological impact as well um hanging people by their their, their wrists i think or, or their ankles for days on end or you know for, for, for an entire day leaving people without food and water and these were the kind of consequences of um things like he, he he recalls like if you were to roll your eyes if you were to sing or if you seemed a little bit of you know a lack of interest these were the kind of things that would that would happen to him um the, and what
0: yeah sorry i'm Sorry, you finished the 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 statement from the gentleman or his 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 story first, actually. Before I before I jump in with what I was going to say,
3: that's okay. What I'm going to do, so I've just remembered on my phone, I've just got the um the, the, the thing up, so at least I can kind of read it exactly as he's put it. Cause I don't want to miss again. I'm going to say allegedly because this is all stuff from his account, and again, we we don't know. But um, yeah, again, he's he's got pictures of where he's the the injuries he's obtained. Um, where am oh i going i've got a quote from him let me scroll up so this is a quote from him um they shackled my hands and put black fabric over my eyes i feel my body tremble whenever i remember that moment um let's have a look i'm just going to scroll down to see if i can find my, my feet and my hands were tied up with iron shackles and they beat my hands they beat my feet they beat my back and they beat my stomach um Police also hung him from the roof of the cell by his wrists so his feet could not touch the floor, and later smashed his knuckles with hammer-like instruments. And again, there's um, there's more on here, but I'm going to sort of leave it to a. Uh, I won't go into too much detail because it's quite, quite disturbing. Um, this is something we'll, else. That's
0: on the... We'll put. We'll put. If anyone wants to read further, what we'll do is I'll get the links off Becca. Um, yeah. For, for the articles she's got, and I'll I'll put in links as well of the articles that i've got and maybe if james and ben have got anything we'll put them in we'll put them into the description of the actual podcast so if you do want to read any further because our podcast can only run for so long um you can by all means please read further and read could, I, could I just it.
3: read one more quote if that's okay To finish it. off. so again look i've just seen this as this, this leads really this back le- leads back to this whole weaponization of hate so the idea is again is especially with, with twitter people were saying that there was there was something I saw online which said uh, the death toll had passed that of the Holocaust. Now, obviously, when I looked online and there were sources, nothing actually confirmed that. So I you know, won't repeat that number, obviously, in case it isn't correct. But what I will say is there's, again, a, a YouTube article, which I'm sure you just said he'd, he'd link, um, which is a, a journalist sort of saying that it's not so much about killing people. We don't know the exact amount. But what's happening is there's like an extermination of religion and culture going on through indoctrination and again yeah. i want to finish a quote um, by omir where he says the aim of these drills is clear he says become han chinese forget your religion forget your culture and i think that's probably a good place to kind of yeah leave that point
0: yeah it's it's, it's fundamentally it's not genocide in the strictest sense of the word but they're, that there's like they're straight straight people like they were in uh, mm. places like auschwitz in uh in uh the during the holocaust but it is a cultural genocide in Mm -hmm. stark contrast and it's 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 ruining ruining what is one of the many many wonders of the human civilization that so many of us come from so many different backgrounds and we can all learn Mm. and be better off it um however one thing i will say um there is a report by a gentleman called adrian zen and this is uh from the associated press um now there is a very real possibility that although like Becca said, there is a cultural genocide, and uh, but the uh, what was it? Was it a Twitter post? Did you say that it was Twitter? Okay. and I
3: saw it on Instagram, but by the format, it looked like it had been sort of on was... on Twitter first, and obviously a lot of Twitter goes on to Instagram. So I think it's kind of it was a kind of a, a viral thing that was going around on both of those platforms. I think it, it
0: was a claim that uh, more people had died in the in the uh, these uh, camps than in the uh, Holocaust, right? Mm. um i i will say i don't necessarily agree with that because there are no reports there's no investigations into that so we don't know that yet but like we said we do agree that is a quite possibly a cultural genocide by every stretch of the imagination especially recently that foreign secretary dominic Raab, who we all trust as far as we can throw him <laughs> um has even denounced what is happening in china recently in a very in a uh yep. government um not press release but you he he spoke about it in the house of commons and how much he denounces it as well and they they are looking to um stop any uh imports from china that are using Uyghur um uh labor however companies mm-hmm. yeah because they're
1: amending the slavery act aren't they yes
0: however companies like volkswagen and nike have uh have had ties to these Labour camps and their heads didn't even know it, which is, Hmm. or supposedly didn't know it, which is fucking terrifying. Now, one thing I do want to say is, in this report by Adrian Zen, there is quite possibly, and I'm sure Becca might know this, but the other two I don't think will, there is there seems to be a birth control campaign yeah, eager Muslims and it's birth rates in mostly Uyghur regions of Hotan and Kashgar in particular. And I'm quoting the Associated Press when I say this, so it's not... I haven't gone to China and done this report myself, I must say, but the uh, birth rates in Hotan and Kashgar of Uyghur people and Uyghur region, that is, have plunged by 60% over three years. Jesus. Mm. That's fucking ridiculous. Um,
3: yeah.
0: Across Xinjiang birth rates have continued to deeply plummet, um falling by twenty four percent in just the year twenty eighteen, I do believe. That is absolutely fucking staggering, especially when you compare that to the national to the nationwide statistic of four point two percent. Now either there there is there is possibly maybe a economic factor, which means and a social factor, which means that they are not having as many kids. However,
1: no, I'd honestly argue it'd go the opposite way.
0: Yeah, like, how if well if that's ridiculous. Social
1: and economically destitute, the figure would probably go up.
0: No, no, no. But the thing is, is that these, the, the, these supposed labor camps. There, although they may not be exceptionally paid for it, they there is reports that some are being paid, just not very, very well. Let's say. Yeah. Um. However, it is. If if you are socially and let's say in these labor camps they are profiting socially and economically a fall like that is unprecedented. No matter yeah. what religion, culture, or increase socially or economically oh, you feel, that's that's unbelievable. Think about it: in just one year, that's a fall of a quarter of birth rates. That's one in four. Yeah. I mean, oh, I ridiculous. have
3: allegedly again i'm going to say allegedly because i think I, I could be just because i can't remember the exact source that i got this information from but there are rumors of sterilization yeah. occurring amongst um uh Uyghur, um muslim women
0: again I'll, I'll link this article in the description of when we post the podcast however the, this is becca this 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 article i have here is from the associated press the literal mm-hmm. headline is and this was posted early not six or seven months ago on june the 29th 2020 china cuts Uyghur birth births with iud's abortion and sterilization that's the headline Mm -hmm. of the article i don't think there's no allegedly in that this is not beating around the bush this was a report by adrian zen who um yes his background is not something i necessarily agree with he's a he's a born-again christian i'm not a personally a a, i'm not personally a big fan of christian of uh of um of religion, however, the work he is doing when it comes to the research research in Xinjiang and and with Uyghur Muslims is, is right now unprecedented, and he's doing an incredible job from uh, bringing this out. Um, there is a there is a paragraph here which seems to uh, even reading the first line seems to resonate with someone that we all uh, know very very well on the western side of the world as China's foreign minister derided the story of forced sterilizations as fabricated and fake news oh. saying the government treats all ethnicities equally and protects the legal rights of minorities ladies and gentlemen uh i think we can all all know who that relates to
1: mm-hmm. of... i mean what that guy might mean is we treat everyone the same so even if there's a chinese person who disagrees with us guess where they're
0: going i know and and even if if, if an argument from someone is uh china's one <laughs> child policy there was there was a <sighs> loopholes the wrong word but if you're a minority ethnic within china i.e you're not han chinese you were actually allowed to uh two or possibly three children depending on your economic or social status within the country um the one child policy mainly referred to the han chinese populace as there were 90 percent, and china's uh social and economic standing at that point wasn't the best so a lot of they were running out of food fast and that was part of the reason why that one child policy came into effect mm. so, and also the one child policy has been abolished so i'm pretty sure um
3: mm.
0: i mean there, there's there's countless articles nowadays of uh of this the only problem is, is that it's not being pushed to the forefront of page one of BBC News or Sky or, or insert news article here. Again, we, I've, I've found some uh, incredible articles by the Associated Press and the – oh, I'm going to pronounce – I'm going to say this incorrectly, so I need to get it uh, – the Australian Strategic Policy Institute. Um, if I can, uh, before this podcast goes up, I will also see if I can find the Panorama special – Because there is something on that as well which terrifies me in terms of monitoring uh, Uyghur Muslims as literally
2: having cameras on top of every single door. Every
0: fucking door. Um, And in terms of like monitoring uh, Uyghurs, there's uh, a woman, I forget her name, but she she appeared in the Panorama special and she uh, briefly outlined how some of the behavioral changes could be. Um, as to why they would monitor Uighur Muslims, um, I must say because um, this this we haven't touched on, and neither me nor Becker, I think, have said this. Um, the reason why uh, a reason why Uighur uh, Muslims are being so heavily monitored is that it's actually to do with uh, the um, a act that was enacted by the Chinese government in 2014 which is called the Strike Hard Campaign Against Violent Terrorism in 2014, mm. and which it allows the Chinese government to monitor for uh, violent terrorism within China and be proactive with it. However, the reasoning why they may monitor certain people and the ism of this uh, policy, you could say, um, are very, very slim, i.e., downloading whatsapp are you using your back door to leave the house more than your front door have you suddenly quit smoking or alcohol
1: yeah Um, this is the typical thing or anything
0: anything like that um when they are is why they will be more heavily monitored there's i believe it's 75 uh vague quote-unquote behaviors for determining threats Jesus. Um, and it is stuff like downloading WhatsApp and shit like that. Mm. Um, it's 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 quite it's quite. To be honest, ladies and gentlemen, we've called this a Schindler's List podcast. We've delved into a lot more than Schindler's List, but it is very very reminiscent of Schindler's List. And who's yeah. going to make the next list? Yeah, and this is this is a very very serious and. In, in, terrifying problem and i'm trying to be professional about it as possible it is such a topic to not delve with lightly i.e let's face it i've not made nearly the half half the amount of jokes i typically do in a podcast like this because usually i'm making very inappropriate jokes ladies and gentlemen um as ben and james are well aware and becca is in private (laughs) (laughs) um But I, I don't think any jokes can be made about this problem. I don't think we've cracked a single joke. I think this has been too too problematic and too severe that any of us can yeah. actually crack a joke, to be honest with you. I think James' who's the next list is probably the furthest we can go in terms of a joke like that. But he, I'm sure that James is being deadly serious in, in the same same token and vein of voice as he says that to be perfectly
2: honest, yeah. it's like a release that pressure at this sort of like high stakes
0: yeah and and this is something that me and james are very pertinent at and making terrible jokes at terrible times to relieve the pressure but mm. in, in something like this no matter what the joke is cracked i don't think you can relieve the pressure almost and i i believe it's, it's this
2: it's not relieving it fully i feel like it's just relieving it enough so you can just talk about it for a little bit longer and stuff yeah like that. Just... and
0: i i do uh apology is the wrong word but uh, like i apologize to anyone who was expecting a very upbeat podcast this week but this is something that's With incredibly pertinent. List
2: on the thing also, it, true, also, no true. Hope.
0: <laughs> also true but this is a very very pertinent podcast and i know we've done recently our marvel our marvel list and uh our uh, upcoming films of 2021, so they've I been a bit more. I you just upbeat. uploaded
2: that. That was oh, like a year
0: ago. I'm trying to stay on topic, James. But um, this one we feel like we very much needed to touch upon. We've we've obviously drafted Becker into the mix because, again, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, she's much more socially aware and and aware of social competent and competent, and also has more as was it a degree in psychology.
3: Uh, Correct.
0: Yes. Yeah, and she has a degree in psychology, in which I've got a degree in fossilized dinosaurs, and Ben's got a degree in, 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 games. in video games, and James has got a degree in video games as well. So we have about as much know-how on this kind of topic as as feasibly possible without doing our with uh, doing our own research. Sorry. But
1: regardless of degrees, you can still educate yourself on this. Yeah, topic. exactly. And, and yeah. This
0: is this is becoming a serious, a very very serious issue. Even more so with what seems to be a very, very uh, interesting is the wrong word, but wrong movement that we saw during the uh, storming of the Capitol where we saw uh, pictures of people wearing T-shirts such as Camp Auschwitz, and six million wasn't enough. Um, That was horrifying. Absolutely horrifying. I feel like we need uh, to to make this as bad as a... uh, crossover as possible i feel like we as a society and we as a culture on the western front almost we need to re-educate ourselves um similar to what the china are quote-unquote calling their labor camps we need to re-educate ourselves on how serious this actual issue is and maybe watching schindler's list is a good place to start and then delving into a couple of these articles that we're going to link in this podcast is a, is a further, further evaluation and further reading that you might want to do. Cause this is, well,
1: a... this, is this is the importance of. We do just repeat it. We do just do the, the same stuff over and over and over again. what kind of stops that is like an example of something happening, the, the context of why it happened. And, you know, just learning about like 19- the 1930s essentially like why that happened
0: has- and, uh, and, uh, and the rise to power of the most famous yeah. fascist party to ever exist and we it need to so many- we need to reevaluate things very 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 fucking quickly
3: yeah um i mean i thought i mean if, if i mean i'd like to give like a quote like this again this isn't a, this, a like a, 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 a cited source this is something that when i was in school because i was again doing. GCSE history and obviously we learnt about Nazi Germany through GCSE history um, we actually had a man come in um, and he was, was, I can't remember his name but he was lovely and he was this little Hungarian man who was Jewish and he had oh, fled wow. um, from a, um, I don't know if it was Auschwitz but it was a um, concentration camp um, and he basically came in to talk about his experiences, obviously he was probably about 60, 70 at the time, this was about 6 years ago when I was doing my GCSEs and um, I thought it would be a nice little optimistic kind of quote to sort of give after again how much of of a heavy discussion this has been i kind of wanted to give a little quote that he said that was really lovely because he was talking about all these heavy experiences that he had you know personal experiences um and it got to the end of the the little conference and a girl in the year below me puts her hand up and it was about about questions and she asked a question that we we flinched in kind of cringing because it was so um you kind of thought, ouch, like, when she said it. But, again, she was probably that thirteenth at the time, probably didn't realise what she was asking. She said, if you could say anything to Hitler right now, what would you say? And we kind of flinched in, like, oh, fuck. Yeah. He, That's
0: actually a that, really good question, though. He, she, I
3: mean, no, I mean, he very calmly just said, he just, he didn't, he just, he literally he just came out, he just went, well, I'd tell him that I'd won, because I'm now here... Yeah. as a survivor talking to you guys about my experiences and educating people about the holocaust and going from school to school and he died in his bunker um because he lost allegedly uh, allegedly well allegedly but he <laughs> Sorry, and i just thought it was one. no i mean yeah but i just thought it was such a i think it's probably a really nice quote to end on because it kind of yeah. shows that it's really important again that that's why it's when i was doing my research i wanted to give first person accounts of people who would you know, been in these centres, um, who are giving these accounts from cited sources, um, because I think it's really important to talk about their story. I know people get can get carried away in the stats and the figures, which is scientifically are obviously very very important, but having real life accounts, them. exactly. And I think that's that that is one of the first issues that people have when talking about these things. It's very easy to just detach and kind of look at the political side of things and the you know the statistics and how many people have gone in and. there's no number of a death count and all of this actually talk to people who have had experiences of either themselves or family members going in they're scared for their lives they've been through terrible things these are the people that you need to listen to I would want to listen to that's kind of I guess that what will probably be my last point I guess that's kind of something that when obviously George said about educating yourselves I think these sources from real life first person accounts I would I would want people to kind of that that would be one of your first point of calls as well as looking at the statistics so
0: yeah i think i think more or less becca that was perfectly put um yeah. i feel like we should probably end the podcast more or less there yeah as much as you've kind of ended it on that hopeful quote i'm just going to link it back to everything else we've talked about including trump mm. capital building um just for a bit more of a fucking face palm. Trump told China's president that building concentration camps for millions of Uyghur Muslims was exactly the right thing to do, said a foreign advisor to Trist. And that is from Business Insider. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much to listen, for listening to the officially unofficial film podcast. I hope your day is much more enjoyable than the uh, solemn notes that we touched on within the podcast. Um, James, as ever... What are, we, what are you leaving on us today
2: just saying <laughs> a road to hell is paved with good intentions a uh, person of good intentions looks to change the world Person.